The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. If you happen to be watching the Pinstripe Bowl right now, you're witnessing Virginia Tech get exactly what they deserved. <laughs> you said that was some heat, man. What's going on there? When you put the Yankees logo oh, on you. your hat, thank you. You deserve to get your guts kicked in. Wow. And that's exactly so- what's happening. Maryland went into Yankee Stadium. And the Turtles are thumping the Hokies. They are. I mean, More not like that, the Virginia Tech Jokies. Not that <laughs> Maryland's helmets are anything to write home about. A lot going on in a small space, man. Have you seen the state flag? Yeah. I. You know, it's just like, what the heck went on there? They couldn't decide, so they decided they, they went with four different flags combined. Wow. So the Vatek hate, dude. I didn't even know. I, I had no idea. Wow. I didn't wow. have really any hate for them until they put that logo on the, uh, you know, who's really a Yankees fan anymore? Not many. And, uh, you know, there's more Yankee haters. Yeah. If you remember back in the day, you know, there used to be kind of that bandwagon. Then, you know, it's what Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady. Tom. The Yankees, Tom Brady of MLB for a long time, winning those championships, they turn into bringing in a lot of haters, oh. and then you slap that logo on the side of your helmet and be like, I all of a sudden just don't like these guys. No doubt. What? So if they were playing down in Florida, like in Miami, and they put a Marlins logo on the side, you wouldn't be mad. You'd be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, breaking news, LSU will be wearing the Houston Texans logo <laughs> on the left side of their helmet. Hate them. Hate them. Let's well, that, go. Now that means they're just going to get thumped by the cats in a, yeah, in a few days. Even worse. Guys, we got a lot of heavy hitters today, bringing you a lot of interviews as well, including kicking off the second hour, the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, Whoa. will be joining us. We have Mitch Holtis at 440, the voice of the Chiefs. The Chiefs are hot right now. They are rolling in the last eight games. They've won eight in a row now, 11 wins on the year. Number one song of the day. And ask us anything coming up. But right now we are joined by Derek Young. Of K State Online at D Young Rivals on Twitter. Uh, DY, to get you started, we heard earlier today the K State men's basketball game against North Florida is not going to happen. I was curious to know because usually, along with the other guys at K State Online, put together like a preview of that matchup. I was wondering if you had a preview that you want to get out there because since the game's not happening, you can go in and publish it here on the air. Yeah, I had the the information sent to me from from my guys to put together and cobble together a preview, which I typically do the morning before the game. And just as I was getting uh, about to open up what they had uh, provided for me, the game, I, I got a text message that the game was going to be canceled about a half hour before the press release. And I actually got rid of that stuff because the game's also not going to be rescheduled. So we did have the content for that. I never really peeked at it uh thoroughly or whatsoever to be honest but uh that's not going to be used yeah basically what we would have seen at Bramlage call Sam tonight is a uh an opponent that just shoots a lot of threes they yeah, that that's yeah. what they've been doing for years is just shooting three pointers pretty much half of their shots yeah so we would we would have saw a lot of threes probably a lot of missed threes because Kansas State has one of the top three-point defensive teams in the country I know they were number one at one point I think they're number four I'm now sure number four now still an elite team in that category and we would have probably saw a thousand more fans or two thousand more fans there than there is now 
because uh, I, I wouldn't have expected a large crowd um, no, in Bramlage either. No, no. no. Uh, hopefully dollar night is going to work out quite well for the folks <laughs> in Bramlage uh, with the bowl game following, which, by the way, the watch party at the Shamrock Zone sold out, uh, even though it looks like a lot of people are trying to sell those tickets after buying them. Uh, <laughs> really? What? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you guys didn't see it, so it was like published on the K-State Sports Facebook page that I think they were selling like 400 tickets or something like that for the Shamrock Zone. They sold out. Happened very quickly. They're only like five bucks a piece. And then if you click on the comments section, it's, Hey, I'm selling my tickets. Tickets for sale. I have four. Who wants them? Wow. Everybody was, like, selling tickets. Man, you know what, K-State? Like, this is a new thing, the Shamrock Zone, which is rad that we have now. Don't ruin it trying to make an extra five bucks. Man, come on. Well, it's like, I think they limited it to, like, four. It was, like, four a person you could buy because, at the most, the table has, like, four chairs. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. it's a lot of people that are like, well... I like three people, but I kind of want to also invite seven more. Uh, yeah. Now you got it. Just go back there and double pay for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Open it back up. I Have do. you seen this economy? <laughs> I do love the idea, though, of having the watch party in the Shamrock Zone. That'd be a great place. That's cool. To watch. It's like, you know, kind of like a miniature version of what you'd have. It's even probably, I would say it's better than Power Light when it comes to a watch party. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever been to Texas Live down in, uh, in Arlington, they have a pretty good setup That's of all awesome. the TVs there. Uh, DY, I, I saw a little something about this. On the uh, KC Online website, and it's about chances of the men's basketball team making the NCAA tournament. Their name did pop up as the first four out from Fox College Hoops. Where is your opinion right now about K-State men and hopes for an NCAA tournament spot? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to pick your guys' brain on it, too. I'm not very optimistic, to be quite honest. Uh, and, and there's no shot against them. Well, I guess it kind of is, right? But at the same time, I, I'm well aware that this is a much better team, both on the court and on our eyes when we watch them, than what we saw probably each of the past two seasons. But regardless of that fact is that they are who they are like i think we all believe that they're capable of being a better product than even what they have showed thus far but i i guess i've just seen enough to where when i watch them i'm not expecting them to turn another leaf at any point this year i think they'll have some solid wins maybe one or two head scratching losses because even the good teams have those but you know typically you have to have some semblance of consistency when uh to reach the NCAA tournament. And I think they're just shy of that. And it doesn't help that this league is just a gauntlet, right? <laughs> I mean, because they didn't give themselves any margin for error, um, their only somewhat impressive win is against Wichita State. They were thumped pretty handily, despite the final score, you know, narrowing a little bit against Arkansas. They were pretty much thumped by them. By the way, Arkansas is not projected to be in the field at this point either. Oh. Um, they, they, they were still handed by Illinois. They, they really let one slip away against Marquette. The only somewhat good win they have against is which against Wichita State. So just without that margin for error, what do you, well, they'll probably have to go eight and ten against the Big Twelve, nine and nine against the Big Twelve. I mean, we're I, I it's hard to find eight or nine wins in this league with the way that they've played and not necessarily been able to get over the hump. If you look at the conference standings, if K State finds a way finds their way into the top seven, then you're pretty hopeful that they can get in but you're right do I think it's you know nine wins would be I think they get in with nine wins in this type of big 12 eight and ten is you know pushing a little bit one of the things that factored into at least my thoughts in the preseason with that and 
and then Iowa. I mean, think about it this way. I guess this is a good way to put it. Like going into this year, if you were going to find eight or nine Big Twelve wins, you you would say, okay, sweep Iowa State, right? That's it's probably more likely Iowa State sweeps them. That's the top. Are they in the top ten right now? They aren't, but uh, they are getting close. Yeah, I couldn't remember where they were. They were in the top fifteen. They're red hot either D- way. Dy, can you hear Troy? Testing one. I barely. barely. <laughs> <laughs> and your point about Iowa State, though, is dead on for what I wanted to bring up. Because if you looked at it at the start of the season, you looked at Iowa State as being someone that you were going to beat. TCU, you expected, was going to be a team that you could be able to potentially pull the sweep against. Those two are off the table right now. This conference is definitely not as top-heavy as maybe we thought it would be. I think – go ahead, D.Y. I would agree with that. I mean, the, the, if I wanted to pick out one team that say, oh, they could sweep, because you're probably going to need to sweep a team, right? Like, what's the most likely team to sweep? Oklahoma State? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm not really exactly confident in really, if you bring up the other nine, like who's the most – you're probably right. Oklahoma State might be that team, but it's not necessarily guaranteed. I just kind of break it down this way. K-State will obviously have to rely on defense to get to – success and get to victory they are governored when it comes to offense I mean at the most this team is scoring 75 points and in the big 12 K-State's defense right now is kind of middle of the pack when it's but despite all these great numbers they have defensively with you know uh, keeping teams to low shooting percentages from not just the field but three-point range even though lately K-State has struggled from inside the arc of stopping teams but in the Big 12, there have been, you know, Baylor and Texas, for example, have been just dominant defensively, and they're playing numbers-wise when it comes to allowing points is better than K-State, and they've played a little bit of a tougher schedule. Yeah, and that's then we're not even considering at that point Kansas. Oklahoma has some nice wins. Um, Texas Tech has an elite defense as well. So, I mean, it's just a really a tough league. It's hard to find wins. I mean, they're going to have to be you know, almost flawless at home. You're going to have to steal a game or two on the road. It, it's just a tough ask for what we've seen out of them. And when you speak to the offense, you're right that they need an uptick on that end. But, I mean, the real storyline so far in the not, oh, I mean, throughout the non-conference is, you know, when they play against a team that's not Wichita State or, or Marquette or, you know, Illinois or Arkansas, you, you play some of the, the inferior teams on your schedule, they shoot the lights out. But then when there's a name school – with any kind of notoriety or, you know, popularity, uh, like a power five, a high major school on the other end of the court, then th- that shooting disappears. And, and it's almost like a fluke too. Like almost like it's like a mental hurdle that they've yet to eclipse because it's not like those, it's not like they're getting a lot worse shots against those teams. It's, this is different than a Bruce Weber team. Hats off to Bruce Weber for his coaching in this, in this, particular area in my opinion like they're getting open shots against those teams at a pretty regular clip but for some reason when it's a high major team on the other end of the floor or or a team that might make the tournament the shots just don't go in even if they're just as open as they were against you know the McNeeses of the world for example yeah you know I hate to pile on this team I'd like to be the guy to go well you guys are idiots because but you talk you kind of touched on it 
about consistency, and the only consistency that I really see is a tendency for them to get down big early and then climb their way back and then shock a team where they're like, oh, my God, these guys are they're, now they're up four on us, and to claw their way and to get gut out a win. In the Big 12, it's going to be hard to do that over and over and over and over again. It's like a tough it's like a team in the NFL that wins all their close games one season. The next season you see that regression. And I think we're going to see it in season with the Cats where these games were uh they go down big, they just stay down big, unfortunately. I mean that's it's kind of been another tale of the season. I mean, and the slow starts aren't just the first half. We we saw it in the second half yeah. too. I think so. And it's been problematic. I would say the shooting against high major teams and the slow starts is really what's plagued them. I mean, their potential is definitely an NCAA tournament team, but they they're going to have to turn a new leaf and kind of become a chameleon and change their colors if they're going to make the tournament. I mean, I'll be quite honest with you. The the only way I see K State being successful as a team is offensively the guards have to be hot they, they have to be hot as a group I'm, and I'm talking um, you know Marquise Noel obviously Nigel Pack like those guys Mark Smith is grabbing rebounds and even Ish Masood hopefully will uh, be a big part of that but without everybody clicking game in and game out the success is going to be limited when you have one guy hot one night another guy hot another night and you don't have that in the consistency between player to player game after game yeah it's hard to be successful in a uh, conference like the Big 12. D.Y., uh, we're coming up on a break here. Go ahead. Yeah, I I was going to say, if I wanted to play devil's advocate, and this has kind of been partly their fault too, is they haven't been at full strength hardly at all this year. Argument maybe not not at all, because Davion Bradford still isn't the Davion Bradford of last year. Very true. Well, exactly. Like, how good can the K-State bench be? Selton Miguel, you know, we saw him come back in the the previous game after a couple of, of downers. And he came back against McNeese State and had enough a, a, a great night. But also, like you mentioned, D.Y., Davion Bradford coming off the bench. Um, Mike McGurl. You know, that's just – there's. it's clear that K-State has more depth this season. But, again, I go back to the consistency, which I haven't seen, the, the proper consistency we'd like to see all season long, besides maybe from Marquise Noel, if you take away the, uh, the Nebraska game. And then Nigel Pack, yeah, that one slow night coming back from – injury uh but now he's uh he's looking just as sharp as always uh we're talking with Derek Young of K-State Online when we come back we are going to jump into some K-State football the bowl game coming up on Tuesday and a very special guest coming on in the next segment guys it's former LSU head coach Ed Orgeron wait is up next on the game you're in the game on news radio KMAN Little YYZ bringing us back into the game. You know who this is, right, DG? King Crimson. <laughs> this is yes, Not, roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite King Crimson. Oh. Uh, a high tempo voice, yes. But not that high. He's okay. he's really destroying my confidence in the morning show on the sister station. <laughs> well, you don't really hear this yeah. piece of rush oh, on K Rock no, that often, no. even though it's one of the greatest instrumentals of all time. They they played out well. They did play it at all their concerts. Don't usually hear a band be too successful with just 
instrumentals, but... No, we, we, we tend to stay away from eight and a half minute songs on the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Not a lot of love for the long stuff. Coming up at 510, we're previewing the LSU Tigers for the Texas Bulls. Speaking with the voice of the LSU Tigers, that is Chris Blair. That's at 510. Mitch Holt is coming up here in about 12 minutes. But right now, we're still speaking with Derek Young of K-State Online as we now transition into K-State football. Also with us, I'm Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdell, and David G. Derek, um, I heard some news kind of K-State related. It's something that I'm a little worried about. And then I talked to Mitch off the air, and he wanted to bring it up with you, so he let me uh, start this question. Jalen Clem's dad just took a job at Oregon. How nervous does should that make us feel as K-State fans, being that he was such a great uh, a sign for us? Yeah, he's one of the best signings of the class. So I, there's obvious room for concern here because, you know, any family, you know, relationship there could could – make him or encourage him to want to go to Oregon if that opportunity presents itself. We don't know if the Ducks will want him, and we don't know if he'll seek out that opportunity. But obviously, the connection is there for it to perhaps take place. Now, there's a lot of people probably listening saying, well, he signed his national letter of intent on December 15th. He's binded to Kansas State, which is true. But in this case, you also have to realize the optics of the situation. And if the family requested or insisted on being let out of that letter of intent, you would think that it would be granted in this type of scenario just because it sure wouldn't look good for a coaching staff to prevent a kid from wanting and choosing to play with his father now that that's you know on the table. I will say, though, from what I've heard, and this is – truly in the early stages like the, I mean, he doesn't he probably won't arrive until manhattan into manhattan until may or june he's not an early enrollee so a lot can change between now and then of course but at this stage i i just don't think there's much momentum from what i'm hearing behind the scenes for him to follow his father to oregon um i'm not sure you know what what are the the reasons behind that or, or if there's reasons for that it can't happen but at this stage, I think he's going to still end up with Kansas State. But as I said, I mean, there's four or five months where that can change. I don't know. Maybe he saw his dad's offensive line this season and was like, Ooh, maybe uh, shots fired. I don't know. Is it a better move for the Steelers or Oregon here? Right? <laughs> Gee, but he Christmas. Or maybe he just doesn't like his dad. Hopefully the dad-son connection there is rough. I'm really hoping so. I spread the, I'll spread the rumor if I have to, but – Ah, thank you, Derek, for that. That's uh, that's all. That's awful news. <laughs> that it, could, it could potentially, but we don't know. Who knows, really? At running back, uh, retro sophomore Jordan Shippers is going to be backing up Deuce Vaughn. To me, this wasn't surprised because of Shippers. Uh, when it comes to the, the, the five running backs that are still at K State, and if you don't include Deuce Vaughn, is the only guy with. Um, any carries, yeah. <laughs> and he, he showed up in the he was he had a little bit, I guess, in the in the KU game, but also maybe played some special teams. hadn't seen him yep. much, uh, but I mean, do you think there's a possibility we could see another running back coming into this game other than Jordan Shippers and Deuce Vaughn? If they do, yeah, I, I think there is a potential for that, just because you know, what if you know you, you use Shippers and he's not enough, or they just need to, or they want to spread out, and and because they can play and not richer. Maybe they want to see what they have in someone like a DJ Giddens out of junction city or Devon weathers. Who's from web city, Missouri. Those are the two true freshmen. 
Um, I would think we would see Giddens first in that situation. You know, typically Kansas State played, what, two running backs for most of the year. Jacardia right here and there as a third. So I, I think there's potential that we see more than just Deuce and Shippers. And if we do, it's probably DJ Giddens because the redshirt rule is what it is. I think that it probably increases the probability of that because you can play Giddens now and then not wreck you know a year of eligibility. Well, speaking of K-State football, you know that, that bowl game is coming up on Tuesday, January 4th in the Texas Bowl, uh, taking on the folks out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the LSU Tigers and guys. Let's uh, welcome in our special guest here on the show. That is former LSU head football coach Ed Orgeron. Coach, oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. And first of all, I just want to ask, now that you have parted ways with LSU, how have you been spending your last couple of weeks? Oh, well, first off, Mitch, I want to tell you how great of a pleasure it is to be talking to you again. It's been far too long. I always love come on, take that time to chat with you. Uh, look, I've, I've not thought about football for a long, long time now. Uh, football's off my brain. I, I don't care about it anymore. I'm focused on all the young women that are attending LSU. Uh, you know, there's nothing really creepier than an old guy just going around dating a bunch of college girls. I'm that creepy old guy right now. So I have a time in my life. I'm not even thinking about Tigers. Well, last I, I read up on you, Coach, I thought you had a, a new girlfriend. Is that is that is she still in the picture? Uh, uh, Coach Joe don't like to put labels on things anymore. Uh, I got a lot of free time. I got a lot of money. Uh, so I, I don't want to say that I got one girlfriend or one is more important than another. Uh, I got a lot of people to focus on in my life. The only person I'm not focused on other than LSU football is my ex-wife. I don't worry about her anymore. Is this, uh, is this how you prefer to play the field away from football and in the dating life? Uh, I, uh, look, look, Mitch, they're all very personal. I know you're a personal guy. You like to ask people questions about who they're dating, when, uh, when they're getting married, uh, how much the house costs, all that kind of stuff. You're, you're a very personal guy. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do enjoy from time to time just letting they play out, see how they go. Uh, that's why I'm not rushing into any football opportunities right now. Just going to see how it goes. Going to see which campus has the most beautiful women. So don't be surprised if I end up at like Arizona State after home Edwards gets fired. I hope that doesn't happen. Home, very nice guy. <laughs> I think the world will home. But I, I want to be able to be in a place where not only can my team succeed, but Coach O can succeed. <laughs> well, Coach O, I want to get your opinion on the gentleman that's going to be replacing you as a head coach at LSU. What do you think of this Brian Kelly guy coming out of Notre Dame to LSU? I think Brian Kelly. Very, very, very good football coach. He's not going to succeed in the South, though. That guy, he's not, he not going to succeed in the South. Not very good. He doesn't fit in very well. I mean, you, you had the greatest cultural fit of all time, the Coach O down there. You said, oh, Coach O, you like too many women. We can't let you coach our football team anymore. Your national championship not good enough for us. So they kicked me out. I kind of wanted to leave, but they kicked me out. And now they hired me with that guy who is only the second biggest dork in college football behind <laughs> Matt Campbell. I don't see it working out down there. What do you think about this Texas Bowl? How scared is LSU of Deuce Vaughn, Felix Andy DK Uzama, Skylar Thompson, and K State? Mitch, did you see how bad our LSU offensive line was this season? First off, we had a scarecrow quarterback all season, that Brad Johnson kid. He didn't know what to do with the football, but our LSU offensive line is very, very bad all season long. So, all right, defense, we were scared of K-State defense. We're kind of scared of their offense. 
I'm kind of scared of everything they can do. But, you know, I, I don't really care. I'm not focused on LSU anymore. Coach O don't care about LSU. LSU dead to me. Now, the only thing that matters to Coach O now is what's going on in Coach O's house and, more specifically, his bedroom. <laughs> well, Coach, uh, before I let you go, I, I, I can't uh, let you go without giving us a prediction. It sounds like you're feeling K-State in this one. Yeah, I, look, Coach O never been a smart guy. He's just been a guy very relatable. I like talking about running and jogging outside the hot sun. I like going and talking to the different ladies at the pool. And I like occasionally doing some weird football things. I can't do all the math you want me to do, Mr. Fortner. But I can tell you this. I think the Cats going to probably beat the Tigers. Uh, I just don't I don't have that love for the Tigers anymore. And I just don't think we got a very good football team when I left them behind. So, I don't know. K-State going to win that game probably by a lot of points. Uh, I, I don't have much more than that for you. <laughs> well, Coach O, it's been a pleasure to talk to you once again. It's been a long time. I mean, we were talking probably uh, national championship on the rise with Joe Burrow, uh, but since then it's been kind of downhill for you. But I wish you the best of luck. Good luck in your dating life. I'm sure the uh, the dating apps are just absolutely blowing up for you, Coach O, a very handsome man like you are. Appreciate your time once again. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Mr. Fortner, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, Joe, fantastic kid. Just a great <laughs> kid, that Joe Boyle. I'm glad he's having tons of success in the NFL. Best quarterback in the AFC. Way better than that Mahomes guy. Uh, what what clown oh. he is. Uh, yeah, also, by the way, I just wanted to throw this out there for you real quick. Uh, Coach O, very proud of the fact that he coached Michael Orr, and I was in the movie The Blind Side. <laughs> so I'm, I'm open to being an actor in any movie that uh, people need because actors – Get plenty of ladies. You know, Coach Joe likes the ladies. Say hi to the Rock for me. Nah, don't, nah, I'm not. I'm not tight with the Rock anymore, Mitch. <laughs> Are you sure? I I thought I'm not you a were. Rock guy. Nah, I'm not. A, I'm not a Rock guy anymore. Is it because he's a bad wingman? Uh, look, the Rock and I. You go out with the Rock. The Rock's going to get more ladies than Coach O, and that's just not going to fly. Coach O, I go out with I go out with a lot of uggos now, Mitch. I don't I don't go out with people that look better than me. Now that I got all this money, I don't need to go out with attractive people. I go out with ugly. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm attractive enough to be talking to Coach O anymore. All right, Coach, we're going to let you go. Enjoy the bowl game on Tuesday. I appreciate it. I, I got to go out tonight. John Kurtz and I are going out to some bars trying to pick up chicks. He needs all the help he can get, so good luck with that. (laughs) Another uggo. Derek Young, your response to all that? Uh, I'm I'm with Coach O. I like the cats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what you got out of that interview, did you? No, really. We assessed it all out. Derek's right. Yeah, that's really all we got out of there. Oh, yeah, no, I like to get in. And John Kurtz probably does need Coach O's dating help. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Wichita is not exactly his market, I don't think, or, or Baton Rouge or wherever Coach O is these days. I thought uh, so, he, Coach O was on a boat. I he could be on a boat. Um, oh, geez. Can you imagine Coach O in Wichita? Oh. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it completely. They might rename Coke Arena after him after he's done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, real quick, I want to get you, before we let you go, D.Y., um, prediction, Cheez-It Bowl, Alamo Bowl. What do you think? Well, I want Clemson to win, but I think Iowa State probably wins. 
Um, there's just a lot of coaching dysfunction there um, and ex- exiting departures and all that stuff. Venable's gone. I think they lost another coordinator too. So I just don't like what's happening with Clemson behind the scenes. So I think Iowa State wins that in a close one even without Brees Hall. Oklahoma, Oregon, that's anyone's guess, right? They both had coaching changes. They both have a lot of players out. I'll go with the Ducks just because I don't want the Sooners to win, but that one's anyone's guess. There's a lot of uncertainty in that contest. Well, we didn't hear from Coach O now that he's no longer the coach at LSU, but I'll finish off what he would usually finish with with Go Tigers, mm. the Clemson <laughs> version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, D.Y., I appreciate your time. Won't be seeing you at Bramlage, but I'll be seeing you down in Houston in a few days. Absolutely. See you there. That is Derek Young of K-State Online at D-Young Rivals on Twitter, pumping out that amazing content. K-State Online, check out their website and subscribe. Also, get on those message boards. It's a, it's a wild adventure. All right. <laughs> let's take a timeout because when we come back, Mitch Holt is the voice of the Chiefs up next on The Game. The old bowl game down in Orlando, Florida, known as the Cheez-It Bowl. Iowa State fans on a campaign right now to go buy out all the Cheez-Its in the Ames, Iowa area. Taking on Clemson. Kickoff at about five minutes on ESPN. But right now we're talking Kansas City Chiefs football with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Uh, once again, we're with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, here on the game. Uh, I'm going to start on a sad note here, Mitch, and that's the passing of Joe N. Frederick, who was a football senior uh staff administrative assistant for over 50 years for K-State football. What are your memories of her? Well, I think I called her Joan of Arc. I mean, she was so such a hard worker, but such a bright spot of that department when it wasn't always easy to be bright. People remember her and think of her during the Coach Snyder climb and the glory days, but she was also there with Stan Parrish and Jim Dickey and going on on back and saw a lot of sad things there was people that came and gone relationship that she built but she was the constant in my first year as the voice of the wildcats i did sideline for a year but one of the first people that really you know made me feel welcome and a part of it and we had so many long discussions about football and life and everything else uh but she kept the pilot light lit uh, because of her spirit, because of her dedication, and her love for Kansas State. But, yes, it it was so good when Coach Snyder became successful because she got her reward. And she had to be a part of a successful program. But, wow, such a, a bigger part than, than the common fan would know. But those who knew her well, you probably heard from a lot of them or seen it on social media, she was phenomenal. Yeah, no doubt why Thompson was on on Monday and he shared some thoughts about her and it was an emotional time for sure uh, when we were talking about Joanne. She's actually going to be honored by the K-State band uh, pregame for the Texas Bowl. That's going to be a, a very cool uh, thing that uh, the K-State band will be doing for her. Uh, meanwhile, we learned yesterday about the passing of John Madden. It was not too long ago we were actually talking about all the famous people you had met. I'd imagine John Madden was one of them, was he? Yeah, and, and it was so interesting because, you know, as a little kid, I remember John Madden hating him. You know, he's the Raiders coach. Uh, and they kind of, it was about the time where Hank Stram and was running out of his time in Kansas City and Len Dawson was nearing the end of his career. 
and the Raiders basically took over the division. Interesting, the Chiefs won their sixth straight AFC West title last Sunday, and I mentioned many times it was history-making because no team in the division had won it six times. Well, he won it five times in the 70s with the Raiders. But then later, becoming a broadcaster, I would see him. Many times the crew would come in the day before a game, and I'd bump into him. We'd have a casual, short conversation, but one where he's very much like he was very much like Coach Reed in the fact that he gets the human spirit. And that's why he was so successful as a commentator, was he related to the viewer and the listener to the point where they felt like he was one of them. He wasn't condescending. He wasn't talking down to him. He didn't big-time you. He was awesome. And then, of course, with the video game, he just I mean, he transcended all the way from the baby, baby boomers to Gen Zs. And there's very few humans uh, that have ever been able to transcend generations uh, like that. When's the last time you picked up a controller and played Madden? Oh, training camp. I just got into a game. Some of the uh, 65 TPT crew had it set up, and they're like, hey, sit down and have a go. So, yeah, I'll tear them up a little bit. I'd rather play the college football game, though. I'm, I just haven't been as much a Madden as I'm in the old uh, EA Sports, which stopped, I believe, in the 2013 season. But, yeah, I'll shoot. I'll take over teams, and I'll crank it up in the off season or a bye week or – if I get a couple hours, I'll, I'll put a go after it, but we're not necessarily Madden. But there'll be times and they'll entice me into a game of Madden, and yeah, I'll have at it. Here's a good question for you. So you're playing somebody in Madden. They honestly, pick the cheat. Honestly, honestly, it's a great thing to play for people who cover sports if they didn't mm-hmm. play sports because it's like a flight simulator. But you got to make it worth something, and you got to make it realistic, and you've got to – Treat it correctly, but then you'll you'll get an idea of hey, a third and eight call. Uh, what do I do here against this defense? And that'll be that's helpful in covering teams. So if the opponent you're playing picks the Chiefs, who does Mitch Holtis pick to play with in Madden? Well, it's not going to be an AFC team, so I'd have to go to an NFC team. So who did I pick? They weren't the Chiefs. I wouldn't let them be the Chiefs. Wouldn't do that. I can't remember who I played, but if I had to pick a favorite NFC team, who would it be? Hmm. Probably the Saints. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Saints or uh, yeah, I'll go with the Saints. All right. I would personally pick the Cowboys. You know, they're kind of good right now, oh, even yeah, after you know some nineteen to nine. Pick, pick you gotta you gotta pick something out. Like you know, that's everybody's gonna pick the Cowboys. I mean, come on, Mitch, they're good. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they had a bad day in at Arrowhead Stadium, but you know. Healthier. A bad day at Arrowhead Stadium, yeah. <laughs> He's got to make a run in the playoffs before anybody looks past it. Are they 8-8 eight eight this year? No, they're not. Oh, okay, good. Hey, they're Going battling for that it. top seed in the NFC. Yes, they are. I'm with you on that. So go for it, buddy. And then have just keep Jerry, you know, just just keep Jerry away from it. Jerry, go drive around for a while, for like two, two months. Don't call plays. Don't get in McCarthy's head. Don't give some sound bite that you doubt if Dak can win a press, you know, can win a playoff game. Just go drive around. Well, somebody who didn't have a bad day, and let's go to the last game, this last win for the Chiefs, their eighth straight win, and it locked up the sixth straight AFC West championship, beating the Steelers thirty six to ten. How great was it to to see Byron Pringle be the star with his uh, seventy five yards and two touchdowns? He has become so valuable to this team beyond just that. I've talked about you know, with you guys really since he's been a chief, but as he's grown into his role, 
his value for this team is beyond the obvious. He blocks like a champion. People overlook, I put it on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, the Charger walk-off, the 34-yard, you know, the GoPro, I'm going crazy in the booth, everybody's talking about that. But if you watch the play, the key block is Pringle. The guy that could catch Kelsey's coming from the back, he didn't see him. Um, could even knock the ball out, change history forever. Pringle goes and just kind of shadow blocks him, and Kelsey's on his way. But he does that stuff in every game. He'll do five or six little sneaky things that help you win. And we may not notice them all, but I tell you, Coach Reed does. And then when he gets out there as a receiver, it shows you the trust that Patrick Mahomes has in him. When Patrick was doing the, hey, I got all this time to throw, he's thinking Pringle there. And the the play he made twisting his body on the comeback is the best play he's made uh, in his NFL career, Pringle, other than the play he made against Detroit, which saved that game in 2019. There's way more value to him than people realize. With the Chiefs now winning eight in a row, have they now returned to the top of the mountain being the, the team that everybody wants to beat? They're back to being the best team in the NFL? I'm not sure they ever left that realm because it was everybody's priority to beat them. And that's why early in the year when you're, you're getting the shot from the Bills and you know, they're going to beat the Ravens if they don't turn it over, but you get the shot early from the Chargers and the Titans and you know they beat us in the playoffs of the uh, AFC Championship game, so we're going to just load it up and go after them. And then people were too premature in saying they're dead, they're gone, it's over, Mahomes, they figured Mahomes out. Michael Irvin smashing pumpkins, not the group, but the logo with the pumpkin smash. And Brian Baldinger's like, this is a washed up ex champion. And like, what are we talking about here? And then now they're going to gulp because this team right now, the question is, is this as good a team as Andy Reid has had in Kansas City or a more complete team? And it would be hard to argue against that uh, statistically or even the eye test. Clearly, it's all over the NFL dealing with COVID nineteen positive cases. It's you know it, the Chiefs are dealing with some right now, but also dealing with a couple of injuries. So when it comes to like Tyron Matthew, Clyde Edwards Alaire, who were both banged up in the in the Saints or the uh, Steelers game, rather uh, possibility of them coming back for the Sunday game against Bengals. Uh, Tyron possible, Ceh uh, improbable. In fact, he might be shut down until the playoffs. Uh, that's just me, but I'm glad he's even going to be available in the playoffs because it's interesting because, you know, it fell on him, and it was a clean play, but it was Isaiah Loudermilk, the kid from Howard, Kansas. He played at West Elk High School uh, down in the Flint Hills and went on to Wisconsin on fight song. Uh, but he lands, he was the guy that landed right on top of Clyde and, and jacked up his shoulder. But uh, honestly, with the COVID situation, it's early in the week, and you guys didn't talk, we didn't talk last week, I mean, it was DEFCON 3 last week, and it wasn't even day-to-day or hour-to-hour. It was like minute-to-minute, like who's on and who's off. Well, they're off. Who's going to be on for the off guy? I mean, it was nuts. I even asked Coach. I said, this isn't an off-air conversation, off-Zoom, and basically I just said, do you have an idea? He goes, I don't. I do not know in the morning, like, who's up or who's down until that day. And yet he prepared a team to play and beat the, the Steelers. It also goes back to the Pringle conversation or DiCaprio Boodle or a Wiley who played great in this game or a Sorensen. There's 13 undrafted guys on this roster, a fourth of them. 25% of this Chiefs roster was not even drafted. And yet, 
a lot of those guys came to the forefront to be the main players in the victory over the Steelers. It says a lot about the genius of Andy Reid and the way he prepares this team, not just in training camp, but even in the summer OTAs. I've said to you before, there's no wasted days if you're going to be a part of the Chiefs. And that pays off when a game like last uh, Sunday. Yeah, it's just so hard to predict with COVID-19 and who's going to be able to come back no and win. Court. It's not even a fair question to ask you. I, I, I could have asked about Travis Kelsey. When do you think he's going to be back? Those are just impossible to answer right now. Yep. Uh, Although I think Kelsey will be back this week. But what okay. we are seeing is a bit of a dynamic, even with Tyreek, who played, uh, played early, and then they pulled him out. But Chris Jones even mentioned it that he didn't have his win. He got winded. So even if you're coming off the COVID list in the case of Kelsey, then can he be full-on Travis Kelsey, full throttle this week? You know he's going to give it all he's got because it's the game's so big, and he's in Cincinnati where he played college football. Um, and this has been a bad spot for the Chiefs historically, and Kelsey knows all that. But you also have to realize that these guys coming off the COVID list, that's where the problem is playing Madden. Because you don't have the human element, uh, I always tell everybody, hey, go run around the block three times as hard as you can, then come back in and be super tired and play Madden, and you might get a more realistic thought of it. But uh, these guys coming off the COVID list may not have 100% stamina that we all think they should have or could have. All right, Mitch, we're running on to a break here. Uh, appreciate your time. Nine and six Bengals on the road for the Chiefs up next. That's a Sunday noon kickoff here on K-Man. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtz, appreciate your time. Last time the Chiefs won in Cincinnati, who was the K-State coach? Answer, Jim Dickey. Wow. Chiefs have not won in Cincinnati since 1984. Wow. That's the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Hour two of the game is coming up next.